Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Thomas Castelli. Thanks for being on the show, Thomas. Thanks, Whitney. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor. Thomas is a tax strategist and a real estate investor who helps other real estate investors keep more of their hard-earned dollars in their pockets and out of the governments. Thomas holds equity positions in several multifamily properties and participated in a syndication of an 82-unit apartment complex as a general partner. His real-life real estate investing experience combined with his ever-growing arsenal of hard-hitting tax strategies allow him to see eye-to-eye with clients in ways an average CPA never could. And I would agree with that, Thomas. Uh, it's it's nice that you've been on the investing side also, and not just on the CPA side. But but before that, give us some background on on you know getting into real estate and just your experience as a CPA and and how you got into syndication. Absolutely. So you know when I was in college, like my well when I was eighteen, I really wanted to be a full time entrepreneur, but somehow my parents convinced me to go to college, and uh, I went to college for accounting. So that's how I got started over there. Um, but you know, as I was going through the years of college, right around my sophomore year, I started to realize, hey, look, I don't like what's on the other side of this. Um, so I picked up the Rich Dad books and went down that rabbit hole, like many of us who invest in real estate do. And w- funny enough, right around that time, my great uncle had passed away, um, and in his estate was uh, a small house on a relatively large plot of land, and. It was located right down the block from uh, the Long Island Railroad Road, which went into New York City. A very, very good location, um, prime real estate. And I knew there was something there. So I went to a RIA meeting trying to find someone to help wholesale it. Um, and at that RIA meeting, uh, I was able... To, I, I actually ran into a group of multifamily investors who were doing a, a three-day weekend on syndication. Um, and it was very intriguing. So I decided to go ahead and go to that three-day weekend before I started my full-time job uh, as an accountant. And uh, at that three-day weekend, I fell in love with syndication. Um, to me, I mean, it just had every part of business and that, that, I, could, that, that, I, that I loved. Um, and at that same meeting, I met who would become my future mentor. Um, and from there, I made a few limited, a limited partnership investments with him as a passive investor. And that eventually grew into uh, me doing uh, partnering up and being part of the syndication with him and a, and a few other folks. Nice. So, you know, I'd like to I'd like to elaborate or you'd elaborate a little bit on that relationship with that mentor. You know, you just met him at this meetup. I hear a lot of people ask about, you know, how do I find a mentor? So, you know, how did you what did you do for him to say, okay, I'm going to take you under my wing, Thomas, and, and you know, help you out you know, or, you know, watch you go through this process or answer your questions? What did that relationship look like? When I first met him at that meeting, he was also very new to the syndication world, and he had since went through a coaching process, coaching program. And then we were both attending their monthly meetings, um, and he was kind of off to the races, finding deals, finding properties. And uh, I went ahead and, and invested in his first deal. My parents invested in his first deal, and um, I think from there it just grew organically. Um, you know, we were at the same meetings all the time. I invested with him, and he said, "Hey, look, Tom, you know, if you ever find a deal." Or you have anybody who wants to invest, 
uh, bring them to me and, and we'll figure out a way that we could uh, get you on the GP side of things. So I think it was more of a very natural progression. I don't think there's anything that I particularly did um, other than just be persistent and just be there and show up um, and, and just show my interest in, in the in, in the business that uh, that led to that mentorship. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of an organic thing. Yeah. So I guess lead us into that first syndication deal and how you got into it and what that looked like. Yeah. So, you know, I had, I had a bunch of limited partnership investments and, uh, one of the main things that, uh, you know, going up to that first deal that I had to overcome was the fear of not knowing it all and the fear of, Oh, what if I found a deal, but I couldn't raise the money and I'm sat, sit at a closing table. Uh, you know, what if I don't have enough credibility? So kind of all of that, it kind of took, you know, there's a big hurdle that I had to overcome, but finally, when I when I started to put my foot down um, and get serious, I ended up making a, ref- a relationship with a broker um, in Jacksonville, Florida, who actually found this relationship out from a property manager um, who was a contact of my mentors. So I called the property manager up and said, "You know, hey, look, you know, we're looking in Jacksonville. What, you know, who's the top brokers you work with that you sell properties uh, that you sell properties to when you exit, or you know, you work with in general." And uh, she gave me a few names and I went ahead and called those names. And from there, um, developed a relationship with one of the brokers who who sent me a handful of properties. Uh, the first few were kind of... Uh, the value-add component was already taken up. So they're more stabilized deals. Uh, but one of them he sent me uh, looked like there was some, something there. Uh, so I did a quick back of the ha- uh, napkin analysis and uh, was still a little unsure and ended up sending that deal so that to the team that I was working with at the time and uh, you know ran the numbers with the property manager and from there decided to go ahead and uh, submit an LOI and from there is kind of uh, kind of history from there nice nice so so what was you know what was the next thing in your syndication journey what happened next and what what was your what's your goal going forward in the syndication business so yeah, so uh, from there, uh, we we had to raise the money for the deal and ended up going with a crowdfunding platform uh, to get the deal to the finish line, which was exciting. Um, on that deal, went down to the due diligence and uh, that entire thing. And interestingly enough, while we we're doing that deal, there was a hurricane down in Florida that hit. So that kind of uh, threw a little wrench in, in our plans, but we ultimately got across that and got that deal to the finish line. Currently under management, um, had a few had, had a little hiccups with uh, the the on site property management the on site lease uh, leasing agent, um, but uh, since uh, overcame that now the property stabilized and uh, you know the property manager believe it or not does a lot of the heavy lifting so you know on a deal you know once you hit those larger deals um, that's kind of what occurs so it's everything's running smoothly right now and um, you know as of you know where what's next for my What's next for me in syndication is um, kind of taking it slow, rebuilding my capital reserves, building up my investor base, and then eventually I plan to make a move, make a move to Florida, um, and be boots on the ground and kind of look into you know what kind of syndications I could do from there. So now I'm focused on the real estate stuff, building up that investor base. But uh, you know, sooner or later, sometime 2019, 2020, I'll be back in looking for looking for the deal mode. Nice. So you mentioned you all use crowdfunding, and could you just you know briefly tell us maybe to the listener that hasn't heard that term before, what is that, and as opposed to what? So crowdfunding is uh, is pretty much uh, you know an online platform uh, where uh, a company will help 
uh, facilitate a transaction for the sponsor. So basically, they'll connect using an online platform, the investor, um, the, the limited partner, the passive investor with the deal sponsor. And uh, that's pretty much how, how it works. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how, how crowdfunding is. Yeah. So... So there's another way to to get your capital, I guess. If you if you if you don't have your investor database built up yet, that's another avenue you could take, right? Yeah, you know, one of the issues though when you're doing crowdfunding is, yeah, the money is there for you to get it quicker. Um, if you especially if you don't have that investor database, but there's also you know it comes with some restrictions. Um, when you know a crowdfunding site is coming to backfill, uh, you know, eighty to ninety percent of the equity needed, they're going to have their terms and conditions. And it'll, it'll, it, it won't grant you the, the flexibility that you have um, if you were just to uh, go raise the money through your own private network. So what, what really is, you know, let's, let's change uh, tracks a little bit and move to the, you know, the CPA side. And, and uh, you know, what has been the response, say, from, um, you know, your clients with you, you already having experience in the syndication business and real estate. I mean, I would imagine it's very good, right? I mean, as opposed to someone that doesn't, you know, a CPA that has no real, uh, you know, real estate hands-on experience. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, definitely a positive reaction from a lot of clients um, knowing that, you know, I actually understand what they're going through and it's not just uh, textbook knowledge. It's actually, you know, connecting the theory uh, to the practice side of things. So that's definitely good. Um, and also at the same time, having having that knowledge um, also you know gives you know a lot of a lot of CPAs who don't necessarily invest themselves don't understand how to properly implement this implement stuff whether or not it's actually feasible uh, for someone to actually implement some of these strategies. Um, so that's that's definitely a positive having uh, experience on both sides of the coin. Nice. So, so you know, in the syndication business, what are some tax strategies maybe you could talk to or talk about that that we need to be aware of that we may not know otherwise unless we get to talk to an expert like yourself? I think one of the biggest one of the biggest things to look at when you are doing a syndication is, of course, cost segregation. Um, usually, when you're syndicating a, a property, you consider you're syndicating a rather large property, uh, several millions of dollars, and usually, uh, what Cost segregation will do is allow you to break down about twenty to thirty percent of that property um, into five, seven, and fifteen-year lives. Um, and what that does is allows you to depreciate the property faster. And with a hundred percent bonus depreciation, something that was introduced uh, in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, you can now uh, depreciate a hundred percent of property with a class life less than 20 years. And in real estate, that's five, seven, 15 year property. So if you could, if you buy a million dollar property and, could dep- and get a two, $200,000 depreciation expense year one, um, that's good for both you and your investors because your investors aren't going to have to pay tax on the uh, income tax on the rental income. It should there any, any be generated, but they'll also be able to use those losses to offset their other passive income. So maybe they invest in other businesses that generate income, or they have other rental properties or other deals they've been a part of as a limited partner um, that create this this passive income. It's a great way to to ensure you're not paying taxes on on that income. Now, now that's something that uh, any LP can take can benefit from, or is that just if we do cost seg and and bonus depreciation? So the, the way it would work is, you know, as a limited partner, you. Any any rental income that you've received will be taxed at your ordinary tax rates up to thirty seven percent. So by using cost segregation study, it it ensures uh, you know or, you know it, it 
it makes it very likely that that depreciation expense will mit, uh, will reduce your tax, reduce the taxable income of that property to a, a loss scenario, so that you're not having to pay uh, any taxes on that income, and that that would work for an LP or or GP. Nice, nice. So, you know, as as an LP, could you just go through some of the tax benefits, or or what tax benefits should a, should somebody know as an LP that they're going to gain from investing in a syndication? I think first and foremost is that when you're investing in a syndication, uh, you're you're using economies of scale, so you're investing in a large number of units um, that produce a large number, large amount of income, and depending on how much you actually invest, uh, you know, could be substantial. So. Basically, the, the, what the tax benefits you get is because of this depreciation expense I mentioned with the cost of irrigation, um, it, it ensure you're getting tax advantage income. So, um, whereas if you work a W two job or you have your own active business, it, it's you can't necessarily shelter that income in the same way that you can with real estate using that depreciation expense. So, basically, the depreciation expense allows you to uh, pay little to no income tax on the rental property income. And you know if depreciation expense is large enough, and you have enough passive losses accumulated because of that depreciation expense, when you sell that property, you can help. It can be used; those passive losses can be used to help offset the capital gain from the sale. Nice, nice. So, so it's not going to affect our uh, the taxable amount from our day job. However, it's going to affect the what we're taxed on from our income just from rental property. Correct, and also other passive passive. So you know, say for instance, I. I invest in a car wash as a limited partner. That car wash makes ten thousand dollars of income. If I if my rental property happens to have a loss of say ten thousand dollars or more, that's going to also offset that income. So you you could also invest in other things and use the losses from real estate to offset your other passive income, which could could be substantial for some investors. Any other tips, you know, on the limited partner side or, you know, as that passive investor, any other tips for them that they need to know while investing in syndication on a tax, you know, maybe some common issues or things that those guys haven't thought of, that those LPs that maybe we could make them aware of? Yeah, I mean, one of the main things is just simply understanding that those passive losses won't offset your active income. I mean, that's just probably the biggest thing. You know, you have a lot of investors out there who go and invest in these rental properties or in these syndications and and uh, are looking to take that income and offset their their W two job or their their business income and uh, they're surprised to find out that when all is said and done that that's not actually possible. So I think as a limited partner from a tax perspective, the most important thing you have to understand is that you're investing in tax advantaged income, uh, so you won't be paying taxes necessarily on that rental income. But you can't use that to offset your your active income. And I think you know if, if investors, past investors, understand that they'll be in good shape uh, going into a syndication. Yeah, I can see that. You know how a lot of people would think that you know if I'm a high income earner, I'm a doctor, an attorney, something like that. Okay, I want to invest in real estate so it lowers my taxable whatever income, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I'm glad you cleared that cleared that up. So. Um, you know, what are some other common issues? Let's say I'm getting started in the syndication business. You know, when do I contact somebody like yourself? You know, when do I need to hire, you know, uh, somebody like yourself or for bookkeeping and, and or just on the tax side, either one? I think if you're doing syndication, you know, when you're doing syndication, you're going to be, you know, uh, managing other people's money. And when, it's imp- when you're managing other people's money, it's very important that you know what you're doing. And unless you're an accounting or uh, accounting or tax person yourself, 
um, you're definitely going to want to speak with someone as you're, you know, once you probably have the deal in a contract, I'd say. Um, and I'd say as soon as you have a deal in a contract, because, you know, if you wait till, you know, we have plenty of people out there who wait till the day before closing to run to the CPA and say, Oh God, you know, what do I do? I'm closing tomorrow. And, um, you know, CPAs have businesses. Their time is allocated in certain ways. They can't always just drop everything they're doing to, to help you right then and there. So, you know, getting started, uh, talking to a CPA when you get the property under contract, you know, what accounting, uh, what accounting software you're looking to use? How are you gonna are you gonna do the bookkeeping yourself? Or are you gonna outsource the bookkeeping to a CPA? And also, what tax strategies are you gonna be looking to use on that property? Does it make sense to do a cost derogation study? In most cases, it will. In some cases, it might not. Um, so you definitely, and also another big thing is how you're gonna structure that property, especially if you're first doing a syndication for the first time. Uh, the structure of of uh, of the deal could be important from a tax perspective as well. So. Definitely just want to start as soon as you get the deal on a contract, go talk to a CPA if you haven't already. Could you talk to the, you know, about the structure of the deal just a little bit and how that would matter as far as, you know, how it relates to your business on the tax side? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's there's a number of ways ways these uh, deals can be structured specifically for the GP. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that you contribute some sort of capital um, to, to, your, to, the, to the entity you ultimately invest in so that because um, what's going to happen is you're going to get most of the time for GP, you're going to have uh, a promote for doing. It's you have the promote for the sweat equity. You know, you put the deal together. Uh, you're managing the property once it's under contract, whether it be yourself or through a third party property management company. Um, and from that, you get fees. You get the asset management fee. You might get an acquisition fee. Uh, these fees are going to be taxed as ordinary income. And uh, if there's certain structures you could use as a GP to receive that money. Um, in say an S corp structure, where you'll be able to mitigate that tax um, by by uh, distribute. Basically, what's going to happen is you're going to have the 15.3 percent self employment tax on these fees, in addition to your ordinary income tax bracket. So, by putting them in an S corp, by receiving these fees through an S corp, you can divide it between wages and distributions, and only pay that 15.3 percent on the wage portion. So, I mean, that's that's one of the things you look at. And also, you want to contribute capital to that to the to the part of the business where you receive the promote to make it a capital interest rather than a profit interest, um, which could uh, could have could have some negative effects if you don't do it the right way. So um, that's kind of the things you'd want to look at as a GP. Um, and and also, you just want to make sure you have everything in place for your LPs as well, and make sure that you could you know describe you know walk through you know answer your your LPs questions effectively. So, you know, I, on the investor side, what, what do I need to take? What do I need to track? You know, like, you know, my day to day business, what do I need to track? What do I need to keep up with? You know, is it receipts? Is it, uh, you know, I mean, just day to day expenses. What do you need to know about and what do I need to have prepared for you? You know, when, when I hand you my big folder of tax information. I mean, definitely, it's it's definitely always great to have a, a proper P and L, a profit, a profit right. and loss statement, usually generated from you know perhaps a property management software or um, or, or, or an accounting software like QuickBooks. That always helps uh, let you know, let the CPAs know when they're going to file your taxes exactly what's going on and and kind of having a clear picture of that rather than just handing over a, a pile of documents. I mean, that's going to cause you a lot more money because what's going to happen is now not only are we going to have to file your tax returns, um, but we're going to have to create financial statements for you. 
And uh, that takes quite a bit of time. It will delay the filing of your tax returns um, and also cost you a lot more money, which I'm sure your investors won't be happy about. I mean, um, one of the biggest things as a syndicator, you know, is getting those K1s out to your investors on time. And um, if you don't have all your documents organized, you don't have everything in proper P&Ls, that's just going to delay that process. And, you know, investors are going to feel that impact. Nice. So, you know, Thomas, what, what advice do you give someone that says, hey, you know, I really want to get into this syndication business, you know, and, and you, uh, you know, what, what advice do you give them? They haven't, they haven't got started yet. And you can answer that from the, the CPA side or the, uh, you know, syndication side. Yeah. So, you know, on the syndication side of things, you know, you definitely, if you, if you have, if, if you're just getting started, you definitely want to have a certain base level of education. So maybe you read books, maybe you listen to podcasts, maybe you attend seminars or, you know, a coaching type program. But, you know, education will only take you so far. And you know, that was one of the, the, the issues I had. I just thought I didn't know enough. I needed to know more. But you really need to start taking action. And the minute you start taking action, the minute you pick up those phones, the phone and start building those relationships with the broker, building relationships with the investors is really where the magic happens. And, you know, also you know, when you're getting started and it adds on to the, to the action part is you want to be persistent. You don't want to give up too soon. Like, you know, deals just don't fall on your doorstep. You're gonna have to go through, you're gonna have to analyze, you know, dozens of deals, if not more, to find that one diamond in the rough. So, you know, that, that, so to me, you know, the, the best advice is to get yourself educated with a baseline education, then stop, start taking action and don't stop until you find a deal. Uh, and don't let, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you keep analyzing deals and can't find the right one, don't let that discourage you. Eventually, you're going to find the right one. So just educate, take action, and keep going. What was the hardest part of the syndication process for you in that deal? The, the hardest part was raising the capital. Um, you know, for, for me personally, uh, at the time, I was, I was you know, still, still in my mid-20s, didn't have a huge capital base, um, didn't, uh, wasn't raised in a family that had a lot of money or had friends that had a lot of money. So... Um, that's what ultimately partially led to us having to go with the crowdfunding platform is, is, is raising that money. You, you know, people always say, well, if you have a good deal, money will just come to your doorstep. You know, the, the money will find you, which is maybe true if you already have that base. I mean, if you, you already have that investor base established, then yeah, you know, if you have a good deal, you send that out to your investor base. Someone, you know, you're probably going to be able to find that money. But, you know, I guess so, yeah, the hardest part was, is it was raising that money and realizing that you need to have that capital base before you find a deal because you can't find a deal, have a, you know, a, a short due diligence window and then have to raise the money from scratch. Uh, you need to start laying that groundwork with the investor database with your investor database way before you find a deal. Nice. So what, what's been the one thing that's contributed to your success? <clears throat> the one thing that's contributed to my success, I would have to say... Um, uh, probably working as a team in the syndication side of things. Um, and that's one of the biggest thing I learned from my mentors was that syndication is a team sport. You know, you have a lot of moving parts. You have to find the deal. You have to do due diligence. You have to obtain the loan. Uh, you have to raise the money. And you know, working with a team to, to do all this just makes everything so much easier. And you know, especially on your first deal, uh, especially on the first deal, I needed the credibility. Uh, of, 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 of someone who's done this before and also, you know, the balance sheet of someone who's, uh, who's also, you know, who has the balance sheet to, to, to be able to sign a loan to be that key principal. So, 
uh, working a team, I would have to say, was the number one thing that contributed to the success. What's one way that you have recently improved your business, you know, maybe on the syndication side that, that we can all apply to our business? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would think if you don't have one already, that would be to get a CRM, a customer relationship manager. Basically, what it allows you to do is to store all, all of your contact info for the investors that you're, you know, you're looking to create those relationships with. Um, you can store all their contact info, what they're looking for, or what type of deals they're, they're interested in, when they'll be interested in these type of things. And I think you know, being organized um, and having that CRM is going to be key to building your investor database and also... Uh, staying in constant contact with them uh, through you know emails and you know just letting them know what you have going on and also you know just just, ma- just managing that relationship is overall having a CRM I think is key in that area and is something that I've recently started to build uh, that I, I found extremely helpful. Could you tell us what CRM platform you like or that you started using? Yeah, you know I've been using you know I recently started using Podio, but. Yeah, I'm looking actively looking for a you know kind of a, a different solution to Podio. I think it's great, but I there's just so much you can do with it. It's kind of a little bit uh, overwhelming in a sense. So you know, if 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 I had to pick another one, I would I would I would be looking for a different one than, than Podio. But it's a good start. It's a good place to start. Okay, great, great. And uh, Thomas, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you or learn more about your business. Yeah, I think the best way to get in contact with me would be through LinkedIn. You could just uh, go on LinkedIn, uh, search Thomas Castelli. I should be one of the first people who pops up. Uh, or you could check out uh, the podcast that uh, we do at the Real Estate CPA, the Real Estate CPA podcast it's on every major podcast platform. Uh, we have an interview with Whitney as well. Um, that'll be coming out soon. So you go ahead and check that out. Awesome. Yes. And I, I highly recommend their podcast. I've learned a lot from it myself. And uh, you know, I, I recommend you reach out, reach out to Thomas and and his team, and and allow them uh, at least assess your your numbers and and see what they can do for you, you know, and give you some guidance. But I hope you'll go to LifeBridgeCapital.com and and connect with me, schedule a call so I can help you any way I can. Join the Facebook group so we can all learn from experts like Thomas, and uh, uh, and you can also see the future guests so you can submit questions to me, and I'll try to ask them on the show. So uh, connect with us and we will talk to each of you tomorrow. All right. Thanks again. Will you crowd me up? Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.